Welcome to Aligned Attraction, the go-to intimacy podcast for powerful women. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lee Noto, master intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist, and I help powerful women like you unleash your wild feminine power so you can create heart-throbbing love. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts on love, sex, and relationships, and I'll also coach women like you to create the most delicious transformation in their love lives. You ready? Hello, and welcome back to Aligned Attraction. Today, we have a very special guest. We're joined by Scarlett, an entrepreneur. And today, we're going to be going on uh, a different kind of adventure. Scarlett has so kindly offered to be supported by us in a coaching session today. And something that we were talking about right before I hit record was what's alive for Scarlett right now. So Scarlett, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to have this conversation with you guys. Amazing. So let's just jump right in. We were having a conversation right before I hit record about what's alive for you and what's felt most challenging in dating and love. And I'd love to just have you share that. Sure. And to give the listeners just a little bit of context where, you know, in my life I am right now and why maybe this is so alive in me, I'll just start with the fact that I am turning 40 in three days. And my love story has been a little interesting. I think it's been an interesting road of opportunities to really try on different hats as far as what works for me in relationships and what hasn't. Up to this point, I have not been married. I've been in several serious relationships that never led to marriage. And I am ultimately desiring marriage and children, family and sorts. So I think with this birthday coming up, one of the themes that I was considering through the relationships that I have had is this is very much alive in me right now, is that I feel like throughout my relationship history, I've never felt safe enough to show up in my fullness and true authenticity using my full voice because a part of me has always assumed that if I did, they would leave. I'm fairly certain that my inability to have done that in the past probably led to them leaving because I wasn't, they, I'm sure subconsciously there was some kind of disconnect going on there. And I will say in my last relationship that I had last year, I'm very proud of the way I showed up in that relationship. So there is an evolution happening. But when I think about dating now, that that kind of voice in the back of my head is afraid to be fully honest and fully myself for fear, just classic abandonment issue type things. Yeah. So let's tune into that right now. And go from the idea and the concept of if I fully express myself or if I'm fully myself. And this is me paraphrasing and inserting some of what was occurring to me. If I take up space, then they'll leave. If I fully show myself, I might get abandoned. So 
What is the experience of that in your body? What is the experience of that? Because I imagine it's a visceral experience. It makes me feel nauseated. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So that experience is even alive right now. And in a way, it's always on. That layer is always filtering reality for you. And even in this conversation, which is not a date or something, a situation that you would be in with a prospective partner or someone you're dating or in a relationship with, that experience is still present. And the other interesting attribute about this experience is that it's, it stays unchanged, even if the partners come and go. It does. And it feels... What kind of came up while you were talking was that it feels like grief and it feels like I'm pre-grieving the end of the relationship that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, that's so profound what you're touching on right now. There's almost this in advance grieving of the loss that hasn't happened yet. It's the anticipation of the loss. And the anticipation of the loss is keeping you from fully opening yourself to connection. Because there's a fear that connection will be taken away. And when it is, it's going to be gruesome. That's going to really hurt. And that's going to really suck. And it's going to be so painful. I'm not even going to allow that to happen. And interestingly, that advanced counteracting of that anticipated pain is actually creating almost a wall of separation, even right now. Yeah. So I heard nausea. So if you tune into that even more as we're circling it and touch it, what else is alive in that, in the experience of that idea? Physically within my body, it also. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful awareness. So, what is that? So, what lets you know that your nervous system is starting to shut down? It just, I feel like I want to take a nap. But yeah. just the ultimate avoidance, <laughs> escape this feeling. Just go. Right. Because it's almost unbearable. And does it feel familiar, this feeling? Does it, has it shown up in like relationships or in dating or any other situation? Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that it, it's occurring to me as we're having this conversation that I've, I have lost a lot of male relationships in my life to death and not necessarily lovers or romantic connections, but my uncle, who was like a father to me, two of my cousins passed away tragically. Like a lot of the men in my family have died, which is crazy. And my brother went to college. He left home in 1998 and has like never come back, essentially. My dad left when I was five. When my parents split up. And so a lot of the most important male relationships in my life have been like, quote unquote, taken from me or that energy has been removed from my present reality. And I think that's why it feels like grief 
because I just assume based on what's happened since such formative years in my childhood that I think I've just coupled the idea of dating and falling in love and starting a family with they're going to die. Like the most extreme option. Yeah. We're all going to die. And I understand that cognitively, but that they're going to die young. Is there also a sense that they'll leave? Yeah. Dying and leaving, it, it feels like the same energy to me. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? If that is coupled in that way, then it's going to be very hard to open your heart to connection if you know that connection is going to be ripped away. Yeah, 100%. Without your consent, without your often in a surprising, abrupt way. So go ahead and say that back to me. I'm afraid you'll leave. I feel afraid that... Do I think you'll leave? Yeah, say it to me. I do leave. Yeah. What comes up as you say that? I just immediately become a little girly. Yeah. An unsafe, scared little girl. Yeah. Let's just allow a space where you can do that and feel safe just allowing that part of you to fully express. It's such a sweet thing. <laughs> yeah. And she just deserves so much love. And yeah. So, and does not feel like she has it in these moments. In this moment, do you feel connected to me? Or do I seem a little far away? I'm most connected to her. But yeah, I guess I should look at you <laughs> more <laughs> to have more of a connection with you. Yeah. And does she, is she, can she feel me? Sure. Conversation? And how does she feel about me? Who is this guy? <laughs> she wants me to introduce her to you. Okay, great. Let's try that. Little Scarlet. This is Ani. He's a lovely man and a good friend. And he's here to have a little conversation with us. And how does she respond to that? She wants you to shake her hand. <laughs> little Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, she's dead. Yeah. What's it like for her to, to be held in this space by us? It helps to give her some attention. Yeah. So to bring a male energy into this space. Yeah. That that feels actually very calming. And so I want to ask her a question. Little Scarlet, what did you internalize about yourself? What meaning did you make about yourself when all these people left? Almost that she wasn't important enough to yeah. stay for to be chosen yeah if it's okay i want you to speak as her sure try that and you can address it to me and let's just notice what happens as you as she is able to acknowledge that she just wonders what she did wrong yeah go ahead and say that back to me i i don't know what i did wrong you don't know what i did wrong yeah you make one read and I just feel like it's all my fault. And if I was better in all these different ways, then maybe they would have stayed. Yeah. 
that's a big burden to carry for a little girl. That's a lot to hold. Big burden to carry as a grown woman, too. Yeah. So in this moment, uh, what I want to do is I want to distinguish between the adult you, Big Scarlet, and Little Scarlet. And as Big Scarlet is witnessing all this, as seeing what Little Scarlet's been holding and carrying and making this mean about herself, what does the wise adult Big Scarlet make of all this? My heart just bleeds for her. And I feel so fiercely protective of her. So I want you to now speak as Big Scarlet, as if you're addressing Little Scarlet. Speak. <laughs> there is nothing you could have done different. Actually, none of this was about you, or I know that's such a hard idea to understand at this young age and you feel so vulnerable these things that have happened and these losses you've suffered are not your fault you are such a joy and such a delight and you are so lovable just as you are and from where I sit with you holding you I want you to know that I will always keep safe. That you will always be protected no matter what. And how does she receive all this? She does. And she appreciates that, but she still wants it from. Yeah. And what is. Like, big... Thank you. And I also right. want that. And what is still present in her that's looking for extra validation, reassurance from them? That's interesting. She just said it's fun when they're around. <laughs> yeah. She's, I like you a lot when they're around too. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that there's a beautiful desire there. And she wants, she wants company to play with. Yeah. And so I want you to, let's play if you're up for it. I want you to receive this desire from her in its pure, beautiful, childlike, wondrous, curious quality. And just allow it to flow into your adult, wise self. That energy feels a lot more like, exciting and playful. Yeah. And not, so, not so I need a man to help me feel safe, but it's more just I need a playmate to enjoy, to laugh with and enjoy this like amazing life. Swim. Yeah. So notice the difference in the quality, in the energetic architecture of that expression. And compare that to how it was feeling before. What's the difference? What do you notice? It's so much less heavy. It's so much... There's, it's so much more just like curious and joyful of an energy than I need this for security. I need this to be safe. You guys know me personally. I've created a structure in my life. Like I've provided an amazing life for myself. And it's 
totally a trauma response and totally just making sure that I am safe and making sure that I'm provided for and all of that. And now like those basic needs are met. The hierarchy of needs is met. And it's occurring to me as we're talking that the partnership that I seek is would be just but would be like a cherry on top of this amazing life that I already have. And so that's like way more exciting to me instead of going into it dread and the need of that to survive kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a totally different universe almost. 100%. What do you think would be possible for you if you led from this place? Oh, it's just couldn't keep the men away from me. <laughs> really? We I need mean, a separate coaching session for to help you like how to deal with that problem. <laughs> that kind of is a thing. It's not, I'm not single for lack of options. I'm single because I don't feel like I've, the souls have come home to each other. Yet. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And a lot of the high value women that we talk to, they're not single because of lack of options. Right. It's not like there's any dearth of potential suitors, but they're just discerning and they're unwilling to settle. They don't want to just be with someone because they they need to do it. <laughs> and this this shift in the underlying architecture of how think, feel, and operate in terms of navigating intimacy and connection. It's And I want to hear how you see it, but from what I'm seeing, this is opening up a space where connection can be fun and playful and joyful without the heaviness of this needs to happen and this needs to happen in this way for me to feel X, Y, Z. And in that state and space of play, you also get to be all of yourself. It's interesting, the deep desire to attract from a place of playful energy is so there. And at the same time, I have felt, you guys know that I had a little bit of a near-death experience last year and in horseback riding accident, traumatic brain injury, broken bones, the whole thing. And it laid me up for months and It's almost like when my head hit that ground, a switch was flipped where I'm just, I'm so done with anyone who is not my partner. I just feel that those who are not my partner, I'm I'm repulsed by them. I even, I have no interest in any kind of sexual encounter and I'm a very passionate person. And unless... I feel like these are husband potentials. I have no desire for any of that. So it's so interesting how the parts of me that used to entertain all kinds of options and just be, well, maybe this, maybe that. I'm just like, no, I feel like the odometer has changed. And I'm just like, no. (laughs) And I don't know what that is, but I don't know if it's turning 40. I don't know if it's the accident or if, Something just inside of me has shifted to where I'm just done 
I've learned all the lessons. I've learned a lot of lessons. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I'll never learn another lesson again, but I just feel like I'm so clear on what I'm looking for in someone else. And I'm so clear on where I am in my life and what I have to bring to the table. And I'm just really seeking that alignment, those puzzle pieces that fit together. And to me, it feels like everything else is just the wrong puzzle piece, right? <laughs> so it's really interesting. So I love that. And I would love for you to, to actually define in this space and really just say it out loud what alignment would look like. Like, how will you know that this person that you're holding out for is here? I just have this belief, and I, I've always felt this way, that when I meet my person, I will know. Because I do feel like it is two souls coming home to each other. I feel that it will be easier than it has been. I feel like consistency will exist in that relationship, that I won't be wondering or, or checking my phone every hour to see if they reached out. I feel like the person that is my person has so much beautiful integrity that their word means something, that they show up for themselves and the people in their life, me included, once we come together. And just that will create the sense of safety and trust in me that I think will just really allow me to blossom and and just feel safe when the feminine feels safe like that's when the playful nature comes out when as an entrepreneur i've i have lived in such a masculine space for so long that i am craving like a healthy masculine man to come in and just create this container of safety for my feminine to flow within and when i've dated i dated one guy like that in the past that part was very aligned. A lot of other lifestyle choices and behaviors were not. But man, it felt so good to just know that this man was looking out for me. And it made me feel free. It made me feel like I was the kite on the end of the string, just like dancing around and having the best time. And he was on the ground holding the string like, I got you, girl. And that thought of being able to do that makes me so excited it, it makes me feel that same playful energy that little scarlet was feeling earlier yeah that's really beautiful and i can really feel how maybe not all in one package but all your desires are actually coming to you in these different pieces and in different ways in different places was it how easy or hard was it to allow yourself to be fully seen and take up space? And did those fears and blocks come up? And and that one, that was a little more complex because it was a long distance relationship. So it, it wasn't actually, and this is an interesting pattern of mine. I've been in several long distance relationships, which is for someone like me who desires and requires so much love. To be in a long distance relationship is a form of self-sabotage for me because 
not only am I not getting any kind of physical needs met, I'm not actually doing life with my partner. It's just updating a friend from afar. So on some level, it feels safer, right? Yeah, sure. Because it was like, fuck it. This is never going to work out anyway. So I, Mm. I was completely myself yeah i was completely yeah. myself i wasn't afraid to push back i wasn't afraid to yeah be be my full version and he loved that and i appreciated the opportunity to be seen in that way yeah and i would love to feel safe enough to do that with someone who's actually a real option <laughs> yeah and he he loving it is actually evidence that it is totally okay for you to be your full self but what i also heard was this contract subconsciously that may exist, which is I can be my full, fully expressed self, but only from afar. If anyone gets too close, too close, yeah, then they'll leave. Right. Yeah. Say that one more time. If anyone gets too close and sees the real me or the truth, what, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. And there's also, Wait, go back to that. Go back to that. Go back to that statement. Say that one more time. If anyone gets too close. If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, then they'll leave. Yeah. So one more time and slow it down. If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, then they'll leave. Yeah. One more time, slowing it down even more. If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, if anyone gets too close and sees the real me and sees the real me they will leave one more time if anyone gets too close and sees the real me they will leave if anyone and do it this way the way I'm saying it if anyone gets too close and sees the real me, they'll leave? If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, they'll leave? If anyone gets too close, anyone gets too close, and sees the real me, and sees the real me, they'll leave? Huh? If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, what? They'll leave? If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, they'll leave? Now, what are you noticing and how that belief feels from when you first shared it and and this last time? When we say it the way we said it at the end there, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And your body language is totally different, right? You're smiling, you're taking up more space. Tell me what you're seeing now about how ridiculous it is, because when you first said it, you believed it. And what I'm seeing in you is this last time when you said it, there was zero belief in that. It just seemed ridiculous. So what happened? Literally, we just changed the way I said it. Same words. Yeah. But it was just the intonation was different. And that resonance created a different experience in my body. Yeah. And what was the different experience? 
it was like laughable (laughs) that I would ever think that. And what's way more likely to be true? Pretty much the exact opposite. Which would be what? If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, they will stay. Ooh. Let me rid of that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Say that one more time. If anyone gets too close and sees the real me, they will stay. One more time. When he gets too close and sees the real me, he will stay. One more time. When he gets too close and sees the real me, he will stay. One more time. Really feeling it. When he gets too close and sees the real me, he will stay. Yeah. How does that feel? So good. I love him already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and that's not the, well, I'm going to say issue, even though there's no issue anywhere, right? We don't operate from a problem solution paradigm because you can't fix something that was never broken in the first place. And it was only a misconception, a misperception that little Scarlet had about herself. It was meaning that she made up about herself based on circumstances that had nothing to do with her. But she made that she made it mean something about herself and she developed this sense that if she is fully herself, if someone gets too close and they really see her, feel her, know her, then they'll leave and she'll feel rejected and abandoned. But that's not a problem we need to solve because that was never true, right? That was never the case. And when we come into contact with the actual truth, which I'm going to have you say one more time, it feels different. And so... This is not really, you're an entrepreneur, so I'll use some entrepreneur terms. This is not a lead gen problem because the person you are desiring is also desiring you. And the person you're looking for is also looking for you. And I I really believe that's how it works with every single thing, whether it's love, money, food, literally anything in the world, right? But sometimes we put up a barrier because on some level, it feels like us having that is going to create pain. And this is where a lot of the fear of intimacy that we see women experience comes from. Because on some, at some point in their life, they developed a, a mistaken belief about themselves based on things happening outside, which locked in this paradigm that there's something wrong with them, that there's something bad about them, that if someone gets too close and they really see them, they'll be like, nah. And it's, of course, this is not just women. This is every human being. I grew up like this. And for most of my life, I thought there was something wrong with me, right? And the journey from going from the world of there's something wrong with me to I'm perfect and I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but the person I'm meant to be with will 
actually really get off on all the parts of me that may feel challenging for other people. So it's not so much that the things we want aren't appearing for us or showing up and looking for us as much as we're looking for them. Or It's that on some level, we're pushing it away. And so what we're playing with here is what would it be like if you didn't push it away because you didn't need to push it away and you didn't need to push it away because you coming into contact with what you want didn't mean pain, the pain of rejection, the pain of abandonment. Because in fact, if someone gets really close to you and really sees you and really knows you, really feels you, people are really seeing, knowing, and feeling you here in this conversation. They'll probably fall in love with you even deeper. They'll probably be like, wow, I can't get enough of her. Yeah, and I haven't even really given people the chance to do that. Yes. Yes. Say that one more time. I haven't really given people the chance to do that in the past because I was controlling the hell out of it. Yeah. And it makes total sense why. Right? Because that little girl thought that if she didn't control the hell out of it and if she gave people the chance to really see her, they would leave and it would hurt like hell. So I really want to honor little Scarlet because she was doing whatever she thought she needed to do to protect herself. And we never want to make that wrong. But now you're seeing something different. Which is what? Am I saying the phrase? <laughs> what do you, I mean, don't, I want you to generate the thought independent of me. I was seeing her like playing like a little warrior princess in the jungles, but not in a, you know, flinging the sword around so people would stay away kind of way, but actually in such a playful energy that, you know, a little boy runs up and is, I want to play too. Yeah. So like she's strong and awesome and badass. And then this yeah. little boy also wants to come. Yeah. Her because it looks like she's having so much fun. Yeah. So does she need to control the situation and make sure that no one sees her? No, she's fully expressed. Yeah. She's she's just loving it. I'm in it. Yay. And how does the adult feel about that? So good. Yeah, so delighted. That it's a it delights me the thought of that and just being my own fully expressed self feels very because that doesn't mean I don't have to be less of who I am. Actually, like I get to be all of me, and all of me is very tall. Like I take up space in all the ways, and. To embrace that feels so much better and so much less exhausting than yeah. constantly yeah. to improve upon what is not broken. Yeah. What if, in fact, like you being you and expressing you just made you more lovable? What if the more you expressed of yourself, the more it was almost like a signal or bat call for the person for whom that 
is like the most irresistible thing in the universe. And what if by holding yourself back and keeping people at a distance and controlling and pushing people away and doing long distance and all that other, all those other distance regulators, you robbed the people who really, and this is not just the man. He may be the prime person at the head of that line, but it's us, Lee and I in this experience, it's friends, it's literally everyone in your life who actually, we love the fuck out of you for who you are. My friends get it. My friends get the fuck out. Yeah. Family and potential romantic interest. Yeah. Yeah. But what if you being fully you was not contingent on anyone else? What if that was not a variable that got turned on and off depending on the person? Yeah, so ask the question. Let's just explore what that reality could look like for you. In theory, that sounds just so incredible. And I know where this comes from. Like, I know the origin of this. It's my family. Yeah. Like, being the kind of like weirdo in the family. And kind of feeling like the odd man out. So wanting to be like a tamped down version of myself so I don't get kicked out of the tribe. Can you, and this is going to be a pointed question, can you hold the pain of rejection if they don't agree with who you are? I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Because I am revealing more of myself and I am being more open and honest and vulnerable. Yeah. I have done that in baby steps and and the protective mechanism. And I, it's interesting. I think the more I'm doing that, the more it bringing some of them up to be open to the possibilities of what that could mean for them. And it's interesting to see how that ripple effect happens. It's not, I'm not ready to like fully cannonball. <laughs> it's just, yeah see what throw the fire crackles in and see what happens but yeah my clothes my speech my beliefs like all of those um are becoming more and more apparent in my family unit so it's an interesting tribal mentality fear that i've definitely cared about do you think you expressing yourself in that way is giving even one person in your family permission to fully be themselves her. To the best of their ability to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the, the conundrum. Because to fit in, we have to dilute ourselves and conform. But that feels very painful. It's a kind of self-abandonment. And when we abandon ourselves, we can't fully receive the connection that we get from conforming and fitting in because that's actually not real connection like real intimacy never requires self-abandonment we say this um is a core principle of the school real intimacy is i can have me and i can have you too 
I can have all of me and I can have all of you too at the same time. It's never one at the expense of the other. And totally don't recommend cannonballing because when we spend a lifetime holding ourselves back in some way, whether it's in our expression or our truth or speaking our mind, whatever it might be, it takes time to slowly unwind that straitjacket that we unintentionally, mistakenly put ourselves in. And I say that fully validating that your family at some point may have directly told you that you're too much in some ways. Exact words, yeah. <laughs> because mine did, right? Mine, mine did in many ways. So it's very clearly messaged. It wasn't me making up a story about something that wasn't true. But at the same time, I think, which reality do we want to live in? What, do we, what would we rather believe? And is it worth ever diminishing ourselves and dimming our light because someone else is triggered by it in some way? Like they can't handle it. As long as we're not doing harm, and I don't think that is remotely the case here. In fact, your expression has given me permission when we've interacted. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in your life who feel the same way. It'll just never come up in conversation. They'll never say it or acknowledge it. But you're basically a walking permission slip. And I wonder what it would be like if you were walking permission slip to yourself as well. More so now than ever before. I am embodying. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And with men too. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Let's the in let's we gotta get this in practice. In theory, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Let's talk like rubber meets the road stuff. What's one declaration you wanna make to step into this reality? And like what are you gonna do tangibly? That's different from what you did before. Much be like I there is there's definitely some like curation of speech <laughs> at time because yeah, and not in a chameleon way where I used to absolutely have the bad habit of what do you want me to be. This is how I like my eggs the way you like your eggs. We don't do that. And then the pendulum swing to this is me, fuck you. <laughs> so finding the balance of doing the inner work to be so in my seat of self and at peace with who I am that the external just doesn't even, again, it's like the cherry on top of this like beautiful life. So that energy is without fear. That energy is not contingent on whether or not he calls me the next day. So it's really, I think it's really just loving myself up so much that when I go on dates, there's not a deficit. I'm not coming in with a deficit. I'm coming in full and complete and having an orgasm before I go. So we're not making bad decisions. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to go to the never go to the grocery store on an empty stomach. It's yeah, the age old principle. Yeah, just filling my own cup, really, and then 
allowing the cup to overflow onto whoever's lucky enough to be set across it. Yay. Lee, do you have a, a little addition or contribution here? First of all, it's been such a joy to witness this conversation and to witness all parts of you, little you, grown up you, and everything in between. So thank you for letting us see you and hold you in this. And in knowing you personally, I really acknowledge the journey you've been on and the work that you've done. It's massive. And I don't even know nearly all of the story, but in the, the, the stories that you have shared with me and in feeling you as a woman in my life and feeling your presence and feeling your expression, I'm like, you glow, you're radiant, like your smile, your eyes, your style, the way you carry yourself. There, It's like city girl meets horseback rider meets like feminine goddess meets bad bitch meets entrepreneur meets like homemaker and nurturer and mother meets vixen and i really do see all of that in you and i'm not even naming the full bit and so i want you to know from one woman to another i feel that from you i see that from you i wouldn't offer this if that wasn't my genuine perspective and i really resonated with a lot of what you shared. So thank you for sharing that because I know that so many women are going to hear this and they're going to think, oh my God, she is telling me about me. And this is something that has just been such a, a universal experience for so many of us. So thank you for sharing that. And I acknowledge the work that you're doing with your family because when we do that work with our families, we have less of a need and impulse to reenact that with romantic partners. Because that's where we're reenacting all the mommy and daddy stuff is with our the men that we date, with our partners, in an effort to close the loop and heal the wound that was created in childhood. So if you're going directly to the source and you're incrementally doing that work with your family to show up as more yourself, to inhibit yourself less, to be able to withstand ridicule, rejection, indifference whatever they may meet you with if it's not approval or acceptance like the fact that you're going to the root and really doing the work there your system will have less of a need to reenact that with and so i just really want to underscore the power of what you're doing and how effective it is there's doing that work with the family in the family unit and then doing that work with oneself and creating the internalized mother and father role inside of yourself that you didn't get to experience with mom and dad. And that's such a, a key part of this that I'm hearing that you're craving and that you felt with that one partner was that masculine container, that sense of safety, that groundedness. And the one thing that really served me, because I, I had very, you were speaking my story as you were sharing this, the one thing that, the few things that made a huge difference for me, I heard you say, I already love him. Like feeling him and really giving yourself a chance whenever you can. And I think you and I have spoken about this before. Like just sitting on the couch at night and just, I don't know who you are yet or what your name is, 
where you live, when I'll meet you, but I know you're alive. You have a, a name, a personality, you have preferences, you have dreams, you have values. And I'm so excited at the exact right moment for the universe to bring us together. And bringing that little scarlet excitement that just wants to play with her pal and bringing that into each moment. And I'm, I'm seeing you get excited. What comes up when I say that? I pray for him. And I have prayed. It's so funny. I was, what, who was I in a past life? Because I've been this little hopeless romantic my whole life. And I've prayed for this person as long as I can remember. And now, instead of God bring him to me, like just accelerate this timeline so we can get to it. I'm just praying blessings to him and may he have the best day. It's my prayers are so simple. May he feel loved. May he feel in his purpose. May he feel healthy. May he be making amazing choices that will lead our paths together one day. That's right. And may I feel peace until that day happens. So yeah, when I do, yeah, when I go into the vortex and I'm feeling him, I, I feel giddy, but it's not an anxious giddy. It's just like a hell yeah, excitement, giddy, love. There's so much more depth to it. Yeah, I can feel that. That's really it. That's Round really it. Say that again. Rounded giddy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. That's really it. And in the moments when you depart from that feeling, bringing nurturance back to little Scarlet or any other part of you that is feeling whatever she's feeling and really validating that experience. And I'm, this is not news to you. I'm just reiterating, really validating that experience and allowing space for that part of you to be how she is because there's good reason. And all parts of us have desire to keep us safe and protect us, typically, most parts anyway. And one of the things that made a big difference for me was learning how to meet myself with that feminine nurturance and once that feminine nurturance piece got taken care of, developing the masculine container and boundary system. Because my mind, and I don't know if this is similar for you, my mind had a lot of different narrative loops that said, not good enough. It's not going to happen. He's not out there. My mom was saying she didn't know how I was ever going to meet a guy who was so compatible. And I'm like, fuck off. But that got into my head. And at some point, I'm like, all right, I have to create a boundary with this voice because it's not truly me. And that masculine boundary system, when those things came in, after I validated what was there, then said, okay, I'm not playing this game. There's something else that I desire and I'm not stopping. And so the only way I could not get it is if I give up. And if I know that I'm not going to give up on feeling the depth of my heart and feeling this giddiness that can already be here now, which is what I imagined I would feel when I met him, then it's here now. He's here now. And he could be right around the corner. He could have just moved into your neighborhood. And he's out walking his dog, like playing with the possibilities in the quantum field. He could be at Whole Foods Market when you're there and you drop a bottle and he goes and helps you pick it up. And then that's the meet cute. There are so many possibilities that I'm so excited to breathe life into with you that it can happen at any moment. And we're just sitting here playing the game of life until then and having a fucking blast.
great girl. Great. And yeah. <laughs> the parts of me that feel lonely at times, I honor them. And it just speaks to how much love I have that doesn't have anywhere to go yet. And I think it's really beautiful that my loneliness is a reflection of love, even then. Yeah, I, I would. The, the word that comes to mind and take this if it resonates for you is a longing. It's steep, a yearning, a feminine yearning that cannot be quelled. And I will go so far as to say, even by a human man, there is just this feminine yearning to be completely penetrated by God, like the ultimate beloved. And he will come in man form. I'm confident and keep, keep being you and doing what you're doing. I so deeply acknowledge you and I can't wait to celebrate you. Sending out that bat signal, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. cat call. Well, not the bat call, the cat call, all the calls. So as we wrap up, any breakthroughs, insights, takeaways that you would just want to crystallize from this conversation? Just that, that playful energy feels so much more aligned, feels so much more powerful and so much more true to myself than the fear-based, self-sabotaging, all of that. And self-rejection, really. The playfulness, that is the truth of who I am. But when we are together, we are laughing, we are having fun. My perspective on life is special. And, and yeah, I just, I think that the beautiful man, when I am brave enough to really fully embody and express that the beautiful man who comes through and is finally, there you are. I just, I see him longing for me too. Like he's just, he's like, where enough with these dumb bitches. Like, where's my woman? There I am. So I love it. And a better time than that. And so it is. That my profound takeaway from was I just like playfulness. Let's do it. What's more profound than play? I feel like that's the highest spiritual level we can ascend to where we're just so liberated that we're just in joy and play. And what's better than that? Yeah. And curiosity and wonder and just, and that to me also just speaks to presence. You're present when you're playing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Ah, connect those dots. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Scarlett, for being here with us today and for revealing your heart so authentically and so vulnerably. This has been a beautiful devotional dojo space, a place to practice. And we appreciate you. We love you. We're so excited to celebrate you and your life. And thank you. Thank you guys both so much. Y'all are very good at what you do. And I appreciate mm -hmm. your, and your desire to walk through this. Love you both. Yeah, we love you. Before you go, if you tune into that feeling that you had in the beginning of this conversation where it felt difficult to be seen, is that still there? No, I heard myself like dancing out my front door every day. <laughs> like a musical. Here we are. Scarlet the musical coming to a theater near you. It's going to be good. It's yeah. Yay. 
Thank you. Thank you for being here. And for any woman who's tuning into this, I, I trust that you really felt a part of yourself in Scarlet. Thank you for tuning in. If this episode supported you, please share it with another woman who you know it would really support. And if you're hearing this, shortly after we release it, we're going to be hosting a half-day free live virtual retreat for women called Sexy Secure Love. And it's all about creating the kind of relationship with ourselves, first and foremost, and with our partners, current or future, that feels deeply safe and ridiculously sexy. So you can go to sexysecurelove.com to secure your spot. And we hope to see you there. And if you're catching it after the event, check it out anyway, because you might be able to grab the replay. We'll see you there. All right, everyone, wishing you all so much love and good vibes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the show. And spread the love by sharing this episode out on social media and to all the powerful women in your life. And if you're ready to play full out and create heart-throbbing love, hop on over to my website to see all the juicy ways you can do just that www.leenoto.com. Fellow wild woman, I appreciate you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and all the good vibes. Thank you.